0: Welcome to the In the Bag Podcast. I will be your only host, sadly, for the weekend. As slaughter is uh, wrapped up uh, with some work, stuck in court all day, so I'll uh be taking over as, as your only host. Uh we'll jump right into it then keep it short and sweet as we always do when I man the man the fort alone. We had a fun weekend last weekend down in Palm Springs at the Amex, you know, another tight finish that saw Siwoo Kim outlast. A charge, like a, a incredible charge, I guess is a better way to put it. From from Patrick Cantlay in the final round, where he shot sixty one, and was almost able to force a playoff. But Siwu played played, you know some really solid golf on the back nine, made a birdie on seventeen to put himself ahead, and and then you know kind of played a played it pretty safe, had an easy two putt on on eighteen, and and he did it in a way that you know he's kind of been doing it. He was solid off the tee, hit fairways, he wasn't incredibly long, and then just solid with his approach shots, and then, you know, made his putts when he had to, and it was impressive. Um, We had another, you know, good performance from Tony Finau, a little bit of a letdown there at the end on Sunday as he went tied for the lead, Um, which, you know, you feel like we're going to see him convert one of these, but it just hasn't happened yet. Um, I, I got to sweat out a cam Davis outright bet on Sunday which unfortunately didn't come to fruition but it's fun when we see these sort of flashes of brilliance from him uh, in these tournaments because you know I, I feel like he's he's the type of guy that's gonna gonna win a few before it's all said and done and and the first one's coming sooner rather than later. I feel like I say that every week but it is uh, it's fun to fun to mention whenever it it, it actually happens all in all though for for myself and slaughter I think it was mostly a, a disappointing week outside of that cam Davis bet you know not a not a lot of things came to pass I was a week early on I felt like Gim and Davis if I had had both those guys in in the roster this week instead of last week things would have gone better but we we'll, we'll, we'll look to this week uh, and we'll start with you know clubbing up and clubbing down guys from last week I mentioned a couple of them already so I won't I won't get too far into it, uh, or too deep into uh, into it with Finau and Siwoo. Uh but I would like to talk about Matt Jones, who's been quietly playing some really good golf, basically since the restart. His approach game hasn't been great, but he's been you know a really good putter and solid all the way across the board. He's made five straight cuts, dating all the way back to what Bermuda, I believe, where he finished top five. And in the last two weeks, he has a uh, two top twenty-one finishes. Which is pretty solid for for Matt Jones and the guy that's priced right next to him, uh, Russell Knox has in what his last six starts four top twenty-three finishes and and two miscuts, uh, and he you know is is pretty solid here at um in uh, in Southern California. So I would imagine that uh, at, at Torrey Pines, sorry, so we will we'll see a solid performance here from Russell Knox as he's kind of getting his gaming gear as far as club down. I think there are four guys. One hurts me a little bit. Doc Redman. We just haven't seen his best. I mean, he was he was really solid early on Thursday uh, at the Amex, but then you know just kind of fell off all week. And until he missed the cut, and or didn't miss the cut, but he finished very far back. He he just his he was great early Thursday, and then fell back the rest of the week. So he did miss the cut, but he he finished pretty close to last in the cut. Um it seems like the ball striking in the short game just both aren't there for him right now and and he's gonna struggle unless he's you know the in elite level ball striker which we we hope to expect um, from Doc Redman. Uh, two is is Brooks Kepka uh, this is what two, two straight miscuts after solid performances at the Houston Open and, and the Masters uh, he missed cut at Mayakoba going into the break and then you know again last week and he's split with his coach who I think has been his coach for 13 years or something like that, which is you know something we've seen a lot of guys doing recently, but I feel like Brooks is is searching for something different uh, because the results just really aren't there for him right now and definitely not, a, not on a consistent basis. Uh, you would imagine this would be a course Brooks would play well at. He tends to play better in tournaments that are tougher, courses that are tougher, but we just don't have a lot of data on him, so it's tough to predict coming into this week, but... Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can sort of get his game in gear. Uh, I'm gonna club down Patrick Reed. Tournament of champions, yeah, he finished 21st, but he wasn't that great there. And then at the Amex, he just didn't look like he had his game together whatsoever. It was a struggle for him all around at a place where I, I think I kind of expected him to to play pretty well, and he just ended up not really not really showing up at all. You know, every time I felt like I saw him on the the broadcast, he was. You know, thirty yards off the fairway and leaving himself impossible iron shots where he couldn't put it where he needed to on the green, and you're not going to win that way, and you're definitely not going to win that way at Torrey Pine South Course. So I'm going to club down on Patrick Reed this week, and then the last guy is uh, interesting because he is the course horse darling, probably out of the lower priced guys this week in Brant Snedeker. Uh, two tournaments since the restart, he's missed the cut and not looked particularly good in either one of them. You know, the short game's the short game for Branton. It's always going to be good. Uh, but the ball striking has just been pretty miserable. The flip side of this is that he, in his last five starts here, has made all five cuts, and he has three top ten finishes, including a win in 2016. Now, that win was, you know, uncharacteristically low scores because the weather was wild. But... You know the the third here last year and the ninth here in 2017 obviously um, tell you that that he has good vibes uh, coming from from Torrey Pines in this tournament. So it'll be interesting to see which wins out. I think he was also playing pretty poorly coming into this last year, if memory serves correctly, and still you know finished third. So it's kind of a decision you wanna wanna make for yourself. Some of these guys, it's it's important to look into that course history and and I think. It probably holds true for certain guys at certain courses more than others, but I, I think this is a week where if you want to run Brand out, you can't, but I, I'm going to put him on club down and, and might avoid him kind of for the, the high ownership that I expect him to see. As far as uh, Torrey Pines' golf course goes, there will be one round played for each of these guys on the north course, which is you know much shorter. I think it's like 7,200 yards, and we will play by far easier than the south course, which is typically pretty difficult. I mean, we we don't often see winning scores get much above, you know, 14-15 under here, which, you know, all all relative is is a pretty difficult task for these guys. We'll have Poana Greens this week uh, on both courses, and then obviously the South course is the real monster. Uh, 7,700 uh, yard par 72, you know, really tests your game off the tee more than anywhere else. And so I think for me this week, I'm gonna focus a lot of my energies there. Um, I'm gonna be looking at driving distance and driving accuracy. Leishman won last year, only hitting three fairways uh, in the final round, but I, I just really don't think that's a recipe for success at Tory Pines because he also made everything, you know, within 40 feet on the greens, basically that he putted. And I just, you know, to, to repeat that sort of performance for anybody is gonna be incredibly difficult this week. So first and foremost, focus on driving, accuracy and distance a little bit. Approach, approach the green according to the metrics doesn't seem to have that big of an impact, but you're always going to need guys that are, that are striking the ball um, pretty well. Nothing correlates super, super highly to success here. So you kind of have to break the course down in what you see, which is long, difficult tee shots. And the ability to make birdies because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have to make enough birdies, basically, to to make up for the, the few bogeys you do make here. So I would go with the ability to score on par 5s also uh, also being important. Because that is where the vast, vast majority of scoring happens here. Because the par 4s are so difficult. So we're going to look at driving distance, driving accuracy, birdier better better percentage, approach the green... And par 5 scoring, maybe with a little bit of putting in there, um, as it does kind of correlate uh, a little bit more here than, than other courses. So with that being said, who are the players we want to target in each range? Uh, we'll start with with everybody above 10,000 this week. There are five guys. So we have Rom, who and I think because Torrey Pines is such a difficult golf course, uh, and we do kind of get the cream of the crop here Pretty often, and especially this year because it's going to be hosting the U.S. Open. um, We have a lot of guys with really solid course history just because they're such great golfers. So Rom sticks out, obviously, four appearances, three top five finishes, including a win in 17. His worst finish here ever is 29th, and I think given all that, he deserves to be priced where he is. I have no no complaints about seeing Rom where he is. He finished seventh at tournament champions right after an equipment change, so you got to imagine Rom's going to come in with a lot of confidence and and roll. Uh, I think the second most expensive golfer makes sense as well, and is probably where I'll start a lot of my lineups because he right now is projected to be the lowest owned out of you know the the three guys that I do like and do think will play well uh, here this week is is Rory McIlroy. Uh, I, A disappointing third place finish in the European Tour uh, last week, but you know, and and also a lot of travel now uh, across time zones coming back to California might make things a little difficult for Rory. But I think we've seen his approach play be better, uh, basically since the Masters, and we've only I guess we've only really seen him once since the Masters. But I think his approach play has been much much better, uh, and that is kind of. What held him back all of the 2020 season? So I think we might see a new Roy McIlroy. Only two uh, starts here, but also two f- top five finishes. So again, we're going to see that elite course history from these better players. Uh, the third guy that I could recommend playing and starting lineups with in this range, although I think he'll eat up a lot of ownership, uh, is Tony Finau. He, you know, doesn't always finish, but he seems to put himself uh, in the top of elite in the top of the leaderboard a lot. Uh, And his course history here is impeccable. In the last five years, he hasn't finished outside of the top 18. This is just kind of the type of course that fits Tony Finau's game. Uh, He's long. He can put the ball on the fairway. He doesn't do it consistently all the time, which is where he can get in trouble. Uh, But, you know, you can't really argue with the course history and the form that he's coming in with right now. So I think Tony Finau is a solid look. Uh, If you want to start your rosters there and give yourself a little more money flexibility down at the bottom that Rom and McIlroy won't afford uh, the bottom two guys, I'm I'm, going to guess, are going to be a lot lower owned, and I would also, I think, recommend playing, not playing, sorry, recommend not playing Xander Schauffele. Um This is just not a course that agrees with him in the last five starts here. He's missed four cuts and finished 25th in the other one. I mean, I, I know he's been playing really well as of late, but this... I, I, it's kind of the argument opposite for that I'm making for Brant Snedeker, right? Like, if if you come in with that sort of confidence in a place, then you, you you might play well even if you're struggling. And I think the opposite might might hold true for Xander. I think he's a better player than he probably has been those last five years. But um, to pay ten thousand four hundred dollars for for a guy that has that kind of course history is is kind of difficult. And then Patrick Reed is the other guy that. Uh, is priced above ten thousand. I'd avoid him as well. Just coming off a miscut, his game didn't look like it was in shape. Um, he has solid course history. Uh, last three years, no worse than a, a twenty-third place finish. So, uh, course history doesn't really make the case for him as much. It's more of a, a form thing. And I think when he tends to struggle most, it's off the tee. And and this is a place you really can't do that. Uh, let's go from. I don't know. We'll go eight thousand up. I'm not going to talk about each of these guys. Uh, up to Harris English, sorry. We're not going to talk about every single one of these guys because I've already mentioned some of them and club up, club down, and that sort of thing. Um, we're seeing Harris after for the first time after he took a week off. Um, he has kind of some newfound length, I guess, compared to to where he was previously. And this is, of course, he played well before, you know, the nineteen. In 20 seasons where he, he really struggled before he's you know put his game back together. So, you know, maybe, maybe a look at Harris is good here. Um, I don't know that I would maybe you can fit her like a Stars and Scrubs Rory and Harris and and or Rahm and Harris and, and go cheap. But I don't know if you want to be starting your roster here with Harris. I think you lose a lot of win equity starting down here compared to, like, a and or Rory up top. Although you do make up for it, some probably with ownership, since those top guys are going to eat up, probably all the way down to, like, you know, Hideki, Wolf, Sheffler. Sungjae, I, I don't know why. I mean, he's been playing well, but this just doesn't really feel like a Sungjae sort of track. He's He can get erratic with the driver. Um, he's not... I don't believe he's quite as good a putter on Poana as he is on Bermuda... I could be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. So I, I, I'm just kind of a little off uh, Sungjae this week. Brooks, uh, I already mentioned, I, I, I had him in my club down. I, I think if you really want to try to differentiate yourself and, and give yourself what what maybe people think is some win equity, maybe it's Brooks, but uh, I don't I don't think so this week. Um, Hovland is a little worrying to me. He didn't look that great at the Tournament of Champions, and I feel like he sometimes gets off to some slow starts after layoffs. And so maybe maybe Hovland still is is not someone you want to play right this second.
1: Hideki again,
0: I, f- I feel the same way. Maybe maybe this isn't probably the week to go after Hideki. He can get erratic with the driver, and I just feel like you don't want someone that that might get super erratic with the driver this week. Uh, Matt Wolf started miserably. Uh, at the Amex, and to his credit battled back, he played his last 17 hole or last 27 holes before the cut on Friday at 9 under, and looked like he was going to roll into the weekend and then just kind of stalled out there. Um, this does seem like the kind of course that can fit him, but I would say, based on what I saw early last week from Matt Wolf, yeah... I don't know that he's in the kind of rhythm with the driver where I want to play him. So I'm going to be off of Wolf this week. And then we get to the two guys, I guess maybe three guys. I, I, I don't know about Bubba yet, but the, definitely the two guys that I think I want to play, especially with projected ownership for them being much, much lower than like Hideki, Wolf, Bubba, Leishman, are Scotty Scheffler and Siwoo Kim. Siwoo's projected to top out at 2.9% ownership. Which, based on what we've seen from him over the last few tournaments, is is pretty crazy. I mean, he's under twenty five. He's playing some of the best golf we've ever seen him play, and he he went out and and you know kind of held off. I don't really know how to describe it since he's in the last group, but uh you know took overtook a, a charging Patrick Cantlay last week with a, a really solid final round performance of his own and just really really good golf. So maybe maybe you want to look at Seewu again this week. Uh, I personally would, and I think maybe people are a little lower on Scotty Scheffler. You know, he missed the cut by one, I believe, last week. and um, missed the cut here last year, but this just really seems like a place that uh, Scheffler can get it going. He's incredible off the tee. I think he can take advantage of his length um, and get really, really hot with the irons. And so I I think given the, the ownership looking like it's not going to go Scotty's way, uh, I, I would lean this way. Bubba, I'm not sure about, we're coming off of a huge layoff for him, um, but this does seem like a place where, you know, if Bubba can put it in the fairway, he can just really demoralize the golf course with his driver, so if you want to look that direction, I certainly wouldn't have any problem with it. Mark Leishman, I am going to be off of this week, I feel like his performance last year was just insane, uh, and his ownership's probably going to be a little bit higher than it should be because of the Sony finish coming into a place where he won last year, so I, Leishman's not my guy. This is a promise I made to Slaughter, uh, because he couldn't be here. Uh, I would mention that Jason Day was the was was a uh, course horse, this is a Jason Day track. I feel like he is the type of guy that plays well at certain courses. We haven't seen him since the RSM, it's been a long layoff for him, but he did play well there, finished 12th. Uh, he won this event in 2018, 5th and nineteen, and 16th in 2020. Last year when I thought, you know, Jason Day was kind of struggling at the time, so you have to it, i think it's smart to give Jason Day a good look. He's I think he's priced reasonably at, at uh, 8600. Um and he's he's more interesting than than the guys around him until you get up to Siwoo and Scheffler. Uh Cam Smith and Ryan Palmer, not interested in Ryan Palmer's projected ownership is around 20% and I just I don't know. Ryan Palmer I don't think should be looked at as played over $8000 no matter where he is. Um also, for me, this course just doesn't fit Cam Smith, uh, who's been struggling since his second place at the Masters, Tournament Champions, and Sony Open. He did not look good. Then we get down to Adam Scott, who I find a little more interesting. He tends to play well at more difficult courses. Or maybe this is a week we kind of pivot on to Adam Scott as his price continues to get lower and lower. Horschel played well at Sony. This just doesn't seem like a Billy Horschel track. He pops at it for a top 10 every now and then, uh, but mostly... You know, has finished outside the top fifty in his perform and in his starts here. So I just don't really see this being a a Horschel, um Horschel track. He- he's not a long player particularly, and he's not a great iron player. It's it's kind of all or nothing with his putter. Uh, I think then again, it gets kind of interesting down at the bottom. You know, Ustazen plays these difficult courses really, really well. We saw that at the Masters at the uh, and at the US Open specifically where he had solid top 25 finishes and where at Torrey Pines, which is a pretty difficult course, he's only got one start here for a 41st place finish, but I could see Louie going a little under-owned and having a solid performance this week. The person who really interests me down here is Will Z. Will Zalatoris. Uh, we haven't seen him since the Mayakoba uh, where he only finished 52nd, but I mean the, the kid hits the snot out of the ball, so he's long off the tee. He's pretty accurate. He's a really solid iron player. He's not a great putter and around-the-green guy, but I feel like this is a course where where he can play well, and I know there are a lot of rumblings that he's already a you know a top PGA player um, in his rookie season, so I'm going to be giving a strong look at Will Z, uh, especially with ownership projected to be under 6%. Then we get down into the 8,000 and below, which I I, th- I think you have to do well this week uh in in this particular range and i think there are some very clear fades and i think there are some solid values as well so i think starting off with people i'm just not interested in playing uh cam champ just (laughs) he looked awful last week i've never seen somebody maybe as ready to get off a golf course as he did uh on friday afternoon i mean basically nothing was going well in his game outside of the driver and even that wasn't, you know, typical Cam Champ uh performance. I feel like he tends to play poorly in bunches as well. He doesn't really just, you know, flip the switch. And so I, I would be off Cam Champ this week. Uh the other Cam I uh, it feels weird to say this, i would be off Cam Davis this week. I feel like he has all the tools. Um he's a long, good iron player, but he gained five strokes putting last week, so I don't think his iron game was as great as it as, as the result looked. Uh, I th- just I just see this being a week to jump off uh, of Cam Davis. And I also feel like you know 7800 7, is a is a weird price point this week to be trying to fit players into your roster. Uh, Molinari, it just doesn't feel like a Molinari track, despite the fact that I was. I let—I mean, I shouldn't have let Slaughter talk me out of him last week, but I did. Uh, finished eighth. I just don't see this being his sort of course, where you know, length is is a big disadvantage for him, and it's just not, just not going to fit his game. Uh, I feel like we're close to definitely being back on the woodland train, because seventy-eight hundred—I think he's priced too low, especially if his if his Labrum is healthy. Um, uh, this is a place where if you hit it far and you hit it straight, you get rewarded off the tee. And and that is Gary Woodland's game, right? Like This this is kind of like Pebble, like a longer Pebble Beach. Where if you hit it long, you hit it straight, you get rewarded. And that's where he won his U.S. Open. Uh, a little bit coastal. So I, I could see Gary Woodland having a good week uh, again here. Uh, Corey Connors is interesting we haven't seen him uh, I believe since the RSM where he was coming off five straight top 25 finishes which is just phenomenal in his last five starts his ball striking was probably as good as we've seen it in a year or two um, not a lot of course history not a lot of start history here but if, if, if you trust him coming off a long layoff uh, then, then I think Corey Connors is probably a pretty solid place to go this seems like a place Kokrak should play well, but he's just not been on top of his game recently, uh, and I, I don't know. He just still feels like he's on a little bit of a downward slide for me right now, so I'm gonna stay off Kokrak. I think now on the on the opposite end is a good time to hop back on Sam Burns. He played himself out of the out of being the cut line, you know. On on Thursday, came back on Sunday, shot minus five or minus six, and and looked like. The guy that I think a lot of people had in their lineups and bet on last week, when he missed the cut, and this is the course, the type of course he can kind of take advantage of. So I, I, I think this is a week to hop back on Sam Burns. I'm not 100 percent sure that I will be on him, but uh, I think, I think in this range, he is my this like 7,500 to 8,000 range. He's my favorite play. I will not be recommending Emiliano Grillo. Just don't think this is the type of course where he can do enough to really compete. Uh, Spieth, I'm on a wait and see with him. Uh, Taylor Gooch is priced off of a third two years ago and a 21st last week. I would not have any and have no interest there. Um, no interest in on. Just again priced off of a, a top 10 last week. but Produced two miscuts coming in uh, and not really could at all course history here you know normally i'd be interested in carlos ortiz but he's priced a little higher than i like um and two straight missed cuts here this just doesn't seem like a, an ortiz track A guy that is interesting down here uh and this this 7500 range is charles howell this seems like a place he plays really well and again he feels like the type of guy who when he when he plays well at a course and feels comfortable he continues to do it you know the sony open comes to mind it's like this west coast swing for him you know, didn't start here last year, but in the four years before that, didn't finish outside, you know, the top 20. Uh, he's going to eat up a decent chunk of ownership, but maybe he's worth a look here. And then, you know, three more guys that I'm not particularly interested in playing, uh, Hoffman, Norin, Fratelli. Fratelli hasn't had a start since, I believe, the Mayakoba, and I, I want to see something from him before I would, would jump in and, and play him. Uh, there are a lot, lot more guys left in this lower 7,000 range. Uh, Lanto missed a cut last week above 7,000. Not really a Lanto-type track who who doesn't control his driver particularly well, so I'm, I'm off that. Uh, Max Holman just had a, a bad Sunday. I mean, he tied for the lead going into the final round and just just couldn't get it done. Uh, couldn't find fairways. His iron play was, was pretty poor. But it was nice to see him back toward the top of the leaderboard. Uh, and I guess kind of two straight tournaments. He also, the Mayakoba, um, played pretty well there. Um, two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be off of him this week. Just don't know if this is his kind of track. Uh, Van Royen not been playing well. Not really particularly interested there. Joel Damon, McKenzie Hughes, uh, obviously two very very different guys. One with a, an elite ball striking game. One with an elite short game. Um, I feel like you have to be good across the board here, and so I'm not really looking for special specialists down at the bottom, um, or at least in this price range when I when you can kind of go. Um, to somebody like, I don't know, maybe, maybe Adam, Adam Hadwin finally put some things back together last week and, and I don't, maybe it got his game going in the right direction. I mean, he's solid across the board, great at nothing. Um, but I don't know this, this all the way down to basically like Brant Snedeker or, or like Harold Varner, you know, nobody really is all that interesting in this range, right? You have just guys that, that don't have solid games across the board except for maybe Sepp Straka, but he just looked bad last week after playing well for so long. And there's not outside... And then you get to Snedeker, who is the course history sort of darling. Uh, Varner is probably the closest of all these guys in the bottom to having game across the board, but he has terrible course history, so I don't really know what to make of that. And then you get to to the guy that I kind of... I'm interested again once you get interested in again once you get down to this bottom 7,000 range I talked about him earlier and that's that's Russell Knox um you know playing playing in pretty good form right now uh last three years hasn't missed a cut here and I think it's just because he's a guy that finds fairways plays well in windy conditions when the when the wind picks up and and I'll be looking to play or at least have some exposure to to Russell Knox um this week then below below there things get uh, a little bit dicey, you know, we start off, I will say the one thing, don't fall into the JB Holmes trap, like, I I just don't see any reason to, to even give him much of a look um, this week, even though I know he has some decent course history here, um, you have to kind of get, like, maybe Kramer Hickok is a good look, he's, he's solid off the tee, four straight made cuts, which, I would take that for what it's worth. Um, right now, but yeah, I, I could see Hickok having a good week. Um, Patrick Rogers, I'd love to recommend him. He has you know two top tens here. He could pop if you're looking for some of that volatility down here. Uh, Adam Shank had a solid start last week, kind of fell off at the end, but this doesn't seem like a course that fits him particularly well. Yeah, there's just it's it's interesting because you need to be at the top, um, on the top guys this week. As far as the, the you know the price points, but there's just not really anybody down here who provides any sort of value once you get below seven thousand dollars. And in in my opinion, um, there's just not a lot of not a lot of guys that play well off the tee and have decent course history and can do other things. It's it's kind of kind of slim pickings uh, once you get down here and start to look. So I I would recommend trying to keep it you know as 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 much above seven thousand dollars as you can I guess the one one other guy down here that would potentially in my opinion be worth a look I guess two guys that would be worth a look if you need to dip down to you know 6800 would be Martin Laird and Kevin Streelman Laird's just been playing really solid golf obviously topped off by his win at the Shriners um, made four of his last five cuts here if if Really, if you're down here, all you're looking to do is find somebody to make you a cut. This isn't a week where we're looking down here for a winner. And then Schioman also made four of his last five cuts here. Didn't make the cut last week, but you know, made the made the cut at what my my Coba and, and RSM coming into this. So so maybe he's worth a look um, as well. And let's hop in to look at uh, the outright betting market. Uh, it's it's pretty interesting this week you know rom is a heavy favorite at seven to one rory is also a favorite at eight to one i find it strange that xander is down here uh, at 11 to one but i don't think you're, we're going to find like really insane value here at the top of the board i think the first guy that kind of pops out to me is scotty scheffler at 44 to one i i, I think he has a, a pretty decent chance to win on this course jason day at 41 to one you know three years removed from a win here we haven't seen him in a while but but you know he tends to play well when he's when he's healthier and that comes off of breaks. So I I, I kind of like Jason Day this week. Uh, Gary Woodland at sixty three to one is is a long longer odds guy that I also you'll find very very interesting um, this week. I, the game looked like it was rounding into form last week, and I think you want to be ahead of the Gary Woodland train and not behind it. So maybe this is a week where where that bet um, starts to look pretty good. Will Z at fifty seven, but I I don't know if I see him winning this tournament, but I do think I see him finishing in you know, top ten, top twenty. So if you can find a good number for him there, I, I like that a lot. Yeah, the betting markets just just I I, I don't want to be too top heavy, um, and I think that the win equity up there is is with Rom and Rory. And so numbers for these other guys just aren't uh, enticing enough. I mean, Brooks Koepka at forty-three to one is is an incredibly tempting number, just because you know what the talent is when when his game is on. Although, I, I again, I'm I'm lower on Brooks than you know probably you know ninety percent of golf fans. But yeah, maybe maybe Burns at eighty to one is where I where I'd finish out my card. But I, I don't like much outside of um, that particular that particular range. So I will get into um, my 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 fades for the week are Xander um, again. Course history just course just doesn't fit him. I I, I don't know what it is about it. Don't know if it's the look of it, what causes him to play poorly here. Uh, but I'm gonna fade Xander Schauffele this week. I'm gonna fade Cam Davis this week. I think it's coming uh for him i just don't think it it's gonna be this week last time we've seen him finish really really well i think was safeway no what was the last time we saw him finish well i don't remember but it was you know two three bad performances in a row outside of that um i think we end up seeing that again from him again end up seeing that again from him this week in san diego then my last fade is ryan palmer i just think he's gonna eat up way too much ownership um for his form right now just just based on his course history and that that he's a pretty solid consistent player and I, I don't think he's priced at a right level and I think he's gonna eat up a lot of ownership in DraftKings uh for my draws for people who I think are gonna go a little bit underowned, um or are a little bit underpriced uh more underpriced than they should be uh, two guys stand out to me pretty uh heavily and that's Sibu Kim and Scotty Scheffler in uh, that $8,900 dollars slot on DraftKings. I think they're going to go under-owned. Uh, Siwoo, because people will be looking to hop off after the win. And Scotty because he missed the cut last week. He missed the cut here last year. And I, I just think those are two guys that have a, a pretty solid chance of playing well this week. And then I will go on the record uh, with my, my winner as Rory McIlroy this week. He hasn't got it done uh, at Torrey Pines before, but I think he probably wants to come out and play well uh given that there's a major here and he looked you know locked in last week he had two even par rounds and lost the tournament by like four right so if he plays either of those rounds solid then um you know he probably goes out and at least finishes second but maybe forces uh Tio hatton into a playoff or something and, and and comes out with the win so i think rory's game is looking better than it did last year he plays better at tough courses and this is gearing him up for a major, which, you know, is kind of, I think, the thing that, that matters. Maybe it doesn't matter the most to him, but, you know, specifically him. But it's something we're all looking for and expecting uh, from him. So it should be a, a fun week this week at Tory Pines. Uh, we get kind of our first look into some major tournament golf for the the 2021 year. Thanks for tuning into the In the Bag podcast. If you want to interact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at In the Bagcast, Slaughter at Slaughter, and myself at James Paul Ford. You can also leave comments, rate, subscribe, whatever you like, wherever you get your podcast. You can find us there. Good luck to all of you this week, and we hope you'll tune in again next week to make sure you have the right clubs in the bag. Thanks again.